0: Welcome to 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. I'm your host, Rachel Vogel, and joining us for tonight's episode is Natalia Nastaskin, Partner and Chief Content Officer at Primary Wave Music. In this role, Natalia is responsible for creating monetizable opportunities across the entertainment and media landscapes for several legendary artists and music catalogs. Prior to joining Primary Wave, She was the general manager of the Global Music Group at UTA, otherwise known as the United Talent Agency. While there, she was instrumental in building out the group's brand partnership, tour marketing, business affairs, and client services divisions. To top it all off, known as a power player in the music industry, she's received multiple features on Billboard's annual Women in Music and Power 100 list, and on Variety's Impact list. She also serves on the Music Industry Advisory Board for the Save the Music Foundation, and recently served as Executive in Residence at NYU's Steinhardt School of Music Business. With all that said, it sure does sound like she's done it all, but I'm sure this is just the beginning. Natalia, thank you so much for being here. How
1: are you? I'm doing really well, Rachel. Great to be here with you and with your listeners. Excited to get into the questions.
0: Well, with that, let's get started. Imagine for a second you're sitting down with your 25-year-old self. What one piece of advice would you give her on a personal note? And what one piece of advice would you give her from a business perspective?
1: Well, I'll start with business first. um, I'm I'm better at that part than the personal part. So, (laughs) So on the business side, when I was 25, let me just set the stage for you. Okay. Yes, please. It's a bizarre stage. So when I was 25, I was starting my law practice and I was pretty fresh out of law school. And I had gone on a couple of job interviews, three to be exact. I got rejections at all three law firms that I interviewed at. And I I really wanted to be a music law. I mean, I kind of built myself out as a music lawyer. That's all I wanted to do. And so after those three rejections, I couldn't go through a fourth. (laughs) And on the not so sage advice of my mom, who said, open your own practice, uh, I opened my own practice and I opened it in the center of New York City on West 57th Street, which at the time was really like the music industry corridor. And it mm-hmm. was Alan Grubman and Paul Schindler and Peter Shukad and uh, Adam Ridholtz around the corner. I mean, it was literally every major music lawyer in on the East Coast was, was wow. in that area. And so I blindly, naively, ridiculously uh, hung up a shingle and nobody came (laughs) because I, nobody knew that I was there. So believe it or not, I put ads in the paper for clients and slowly, but surely I got some clients And then they told their friends that there was this inexpensive, always available music lawyer who can help (laughs) out. I used to go to the public library to research how to write contracts because I couldn't afford form books. So, all of this to say that my 25 year old self was struggling pretty hard. And I, as soon as I hung up the shingle, I had overhead expenses, and, you know, it was a $5,000 a month nut between the copy machine rental, my computer, you know, supplies, uh, furniture, and of course, rent. And so I was humbled very quickly and I committed myself to doing this. And of course, I already had those rejections. Mm-hmm. So, I knew there was no turning back and I would now tell my 25 year old self, stick with it, do exactly what you're going to do because your practice is going to struggle in the beginning, but you will do great work for your clients and your clients will send you other clients and your practice is going to thrive and you're going to have one of those incredible careers where you meet amazing artists, you work with the greatest creatives and you go from being a lawyer to running a music group within an agency to then going into a music publisher. And I know it all sounds crazy and I know it's completely unbelievable, but trust me, 25-year-old Natalia, it's all gonna work out, <laughs> right? So it's the Bob Marley song, Don't Worry About a Thing because every little thing is sure. Going to That's great. On the personal side, not as uh, smooth. So my 25 year old self, again, just setting the scene. um, I started dating a man who would eventually become my husband, who would become my ex-husband. My My plan, of course, going into this relationship and the marriage was that I would have a traditional story. I would have a relationship that then became a marriage and I would have children and I would still have this robust career. And the career thing certainly did work out, but the marriage part didn't work out. And the children part, I ultimately decided that I didn't want to have. Mm -hmm. And so it was a completely non-traditional, you know, female role in a way. Um, but I would still tell my 25 year old self, don't worry about a thing. It's all going to be all right. You're going to have these crazy relationships and crazy ups and downs in your life. And it's <laughs> going to take you a long time to find somebody that makes you very, very happy, but w- will happen, but it's not going to happen for about 15 years. Okay. Amazing
0: advice. And that's what they say, you know, is rejection is redirection applies to everything you said
1: (laughs) it's the truth it's absolutely the truth and it's cool like like follow your path be open to experiences don't don't think you failed if something doesn't go your way it's just a challenge or an obstacle and the key is to overcome it or to figure out a workaround and just keep moving forward
0: absolutely moving right along question number two Every industry has its dirty little secrets, and we both know that it's no different in the music industry. Sometimes people think that's a bad thing when that's not always the case. Sometimes they can be quite good. What's one secret you would like to share with our listeners about the industry or specifically about music publishing?
1: Um, Well, I'm fairly new to music publishing specifically, Mm. so I haven't dug up any meaningful secrets there yet. But I will say that I have been around a long time, you know, multiple decades in the business (laughs) and what I will say, and I don't know if it's a secret, but it's something that I notice all the time and I try to change. So again, resorting to lyrics, don't believe the hype, you know, so much of our industry is about hype and I'm specifically talking about executives now, right? Mm -hmm. So you have the same women in music lists year after year, the same power 100 lists year after Mm -hmm. year, Um, you know, the 40 under 40 might change, but a lot of the superlative lists are based on profiles that are crafted for the executives and sometimes by the executives as well, but for the executives by the machine of the company. And I think what we often forget is that there are so many great young people that are doing the work that we're taking credit for, that we need to highlight those people on a much more regular basis. And I thought it was really cool that this year, Billboard Magazine, when they solicited their women in music um, submissions, they said, if you've already been on the list multiple times, consider submitting someone else, you know, a promising oh, that's young great. Executive. Yeah. And, and I thought that was a really cool thing for them to do because we should be thinking that way. And so when I say don't believe the hype, and you know, whether it's a secret or not, the the, the thing that I'm talking about is don't think that it's just these 40 people or a hundred people that are responsible for the industry's success. There are thousands, mostly young people that are the creative minds, that are the idea developers, that are Mm -hmm. thought leaders, and they're the ones that we need to get to know. And they're the ones that we should be focusing on pulling up.
0: Yeah, definitely. There's countless, countless people
1: to every single team, especially in music. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And they should be given credit because credit is definitely due. I love that. All right. Our last question. Throughout
0: your career, I can only imagine you've been asked a lot of questions, whether for industry conferences, the media, or even a promotion. But throughout all those interviews and all those questions, I'll bet there was one that you've never been asked, but would have liked to. So what is that question? And what would be the answer?
1: Uh, You know, for me, and frankly, I think for a lot of executives that achieve a, a level of of executiveness in our mm-hmm. industry um what we don't get asked a lot is how do we stay calm when and patient when the shit is hitting the fan my like the curse on this oh, of course <laughs> so when when there're challenges when you have to make split second decisions when you have obstacles, literally on a daily basis all the time. How do you stay sane and how do you stay patient? For me, it's a daily workout of some sort because what that does for me is A, it keeps keeps me in some kind of shape. <laughs> um, but B, it sets me up for the day and in a way that I'm not going to, you know, be unhealthy with my food, that I'm going to take time to like five minutes to meditate. And I definitely give myself that 30 minutes in the morning, every morning to have my time with myself, whether it's in the gym or on the Peloton or walking outside or whatever it is, but some activity that sets me up for the rest of the day. It's mind cleansing. It keeps me focused Mm -hmm. and Frankly, it keeps me as healthy as I can be mentally and physically and keeps me from wanting to, um, you know, rip people's heads up, be angry when, (laughs) when when the situation calls for it. So, so that's how I stay patient and calm. And I would also love to know how everyone else is doing it because we are not dealing with life and death, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, my shirt says it's only rock and roll. (laughs) It's only rock and roll. Like everything will get done. This thirty mm-hmm. minutes is mine, and I'm going to take it, and I'm gonna keep it. And everything will get done in its time.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's that's the question that I would love to ask myself if I was, <laughs> that, or I would love to know from other people in the business. definitely. I think what
0: you mentioned meditation, that's definitely helped me. And I like to journal a lot, so that's something that's helped me.
1: That's really cool, too. I did that for a while. I stopped doing that because, you know, the days take over. Yeah. It takes over. But that's really cool. I love that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a great way to like write it all out. There's so much going on in your
1: head. <laughs> yeah. When you're ready to do your memoir, you'll already have it written out. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I'm going to hide them all for people to find. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Well, Natalia, it has been wonderful having you on 3Q tonight. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. And to all of my listeners, I know you enjoyed hearing from Natalia just as much as I enjoyed speaking with her. So stay tuned for next week's episode of 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful
1: questions. See you next time. Thanks, Rachel. Bye.